Welcome to this week's Immortally Podcast, where America's military veterans and patriots share their stories to reinforce the values and characteristics that keep the United States the land of the free because of the brave. Immortally Podcast is recorded at the Ranger Outreach Center, The Rock, in Uptown Columbus, Georgia. It's the heart of the Ranger community and the heart of the Ranger community. If you like what you hear, consider supporting Morley Podcast with a gift to the Ranger Outreach Center at give.gallantfew.org backslash the rock. And we are thankful to be partnered with Three Nails Clothing, a premium Christian activewear brand committed to helping you pursue your passion. Proceeds from the sale of Three Nails benefits Agape International Missions, fight against human and sex trafficking, and with the code RANGER at checkout, you can save an additional 10% while supporting our mission to provide America's veterans hope and purpose at The Rock. And now without any further delay, we are blessed today to have with us Mike Burke, a longtime Ranger veteran, um, dare I say a pillar of the community. Mike, uh, it is great to have you with us today. Hey, it's an honor. It's an honor, Tony. I appreciate it. Well, Mike, you've done everything um, almost everything you can do in the Ranger Regiment from, from, from a rifleman on up and now getting ready to kind of exit your career at the command sergeant major rank. And what does the Ranger Regiment do? It produces leaders for our army. Um, let kind of let the audience know what you've done in your military career. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had the fortune of, you know, meeting, meeting somebody that was a Ranger when I was young in high school. And, uh, you know, so I made the decision that that's what I was going to do, like a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I know we'll get into this. I've learned, you know, they were trying to escape something. They were either trying to run to something or run away from something. You know, that's what it seems to be the common theme with a lot of Rangers. And, uh, you know, found myself up at 275 and, you know, you pretty much articulated it. You know, I was a team leader, or I'm sorry, I was a rifleman, you know, a team leader, saw gunner, you know, all those different kind of things. And then, you know, 9-11 happened and it changed the you know trajectory of a lot of our lives. And, uh, you know, for the next kind of decade, you know, doing the deployments uh, with 275 to Afghanistan and, and Iraq and took a small break, went and taught ROTC for a couple of years after my platoon sergeant time up at uh, University of Washington, Seattle, came back first sergeant time. And then I left, you know, went to the SAR Major Academy and uh, I've done all my CSM time, you know, outside in the conventional force. And, uh, you know, currently with, uh, well, you know, here shortly be giving that up too, but uh, first uh, Security Forces Assistance Brigade. So tell me, Mike, then, so from your lessons learned in the Ranger Regiment and spending, you know, your pinnacle leadership time uh, in the conventional army, what are a couple of those lessons learned from, from the Ranger Regiment? that you were able to, to take with you? You know, our commitment to always leading by personal example. Um, you know, when you talk about Rangers, you know, and you ask a Ranger, somebody that stands out in their mind, whether they're an officer or enlisted, they're going to probably tell you about a senior NCO. And, you know, a lot of times it's going to be a Sergeant Major, or it's going to be a First Sergeant. And they're going to talk about how, you know, one, they're just, you know, hard as woodpecker lips as the saying goes, or that, you know, they were always there, you know, doing the road marches, doing the physical events, you know, leading the jump, jump mastering, you know, being a PJ on a jump and everything in between, or, you know, even on combat deployments, how, you know, some platoon sergeant or first sergeant or, you know, sergeant major was there, you know, leading from the front, you know, up there in the fray with, you know, all the other Rangers. And, uh, that is just normal for us in Ranger Regiment. Like, we don't even give it a second thought. Um, but what I found, 
you know, being out in the conventional force as a CSM, the amount of times I would hear, hey, CSM, why are you out here with us? And, you know, I mean, and I would almost be kind of taken aback by it. I'd be like, well, where else would I be? Well, I've just never seen a CSM out here doing this or doing that. And I'm like, well, that's what we're supposed to do, you know? Um, so that was definitely the biggest thing of the impact of that. And what that translated into the the leaders, you know, in the conventional force that want to do better, want to be better, and want to change formations, they gravitate towards that. And over periods of time, what happens is, is they gravitate towards you, create these pockets of excellence, and these people that just want to do better and, uh, you know, just haven't had a leader that's really kind of set that example for them. And through that, you can change a formation. I mean, and you can just you know, change the trajectory of it for a long period of time. And then it gets into this culture and climate conversation. You change climate like the day you take, you know, uh, responsibility, but, you know, culture takes a long time, but you can, you know, you can sow the seeds within those individuals that go out and they, they do those kind of things within that formation and other future formations. I love that. You know, Simon Sinek, when he came to the headquarters uh, several years ago, he says, we have a cultural culture of accountability. Mm -hmm. You see that Sergeant Major, um, command sergeant major, especially out there in the formation. What does that mean about the platoon sergeant? What does that mean about a good first sergeant? What does that mean about a good squad leader? If your folks are training, yeah, yeah and that's our mission. That's where you're at. I love it, Mike. So let's go. Let's go back to this picture. We we were laughing about this one <laughs> in, in the beginning. You 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 have a couple other things. Um, that you've kind of been doing uh, other than setting the example for others to follow. And some might argue this is how you really do set the example to follow. But tell me a little bit about 275 and and very active mixed martial arts out there. Um, How do you get involved in that and, 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 and kind of some of the people that affected you along the way? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I was a young ranger private and con skills came about and, uh, you know, they didn't know. They're like, what do you want to do, Burke? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, whatever you tell me to do, you know? And they were like, well, Hey, just go over to Evergreen theater at X time. So I show up there and I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't, I didn't know, you know, but Hoist Gracie and, you know, some of his brothers and everything else, they're training us, you know, this guy named Matt Larson was there. And we were just, you know, rolling and, you know, doing jujitsu and all this stuff for, for two weeks. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought that's what Rangers did, you know. So I did what I was told, you know, got my definitely learned some hard lessons, you know, as uh, this weeks kind of escalated. Um, it wasn't until much later that I realized how big of a deal it was. In fact, you know, I can't really kind of say when, but I do know, you know, like when UFC and Hoist Gracie was fighting in UFC against Shamrock, that I was like, wait, whoa, like, I know that guy. Like, I've, I've seen him before. <laughs> right. Like, wow, you know, and then that whole, you know, mixed martial arts and jujitsu and everything else, and then obviously Matt Larson coming down here to Fort Benning, you know, and establishing the, you know, Combatives uh, University and, you know, guys like Keith Bach and other, you know, Ranger greats just kind of doing that. Uh, you know, I mean, so when we talk about, like, fighting and combatives, I'm not, like, I'm not a huge, huge fighter, you know. In fact, some would say that I'm actually really not good at it. I just love it. And when we talk about, you know, rangering or soldiering, you know, and testing your metal, like, it's the best way to do it. Like, you know, when you step into that ring, the emotions and, you know, the anxiety and everything else of how it's going to go, you know, that, that that simulates, you know, the first time you get on a, you know, a helicopter, you load into an aircraft, you know, 
going into combat like that's you know and how do you handle you know those kind of feelings but i laugh at that picture because you know that happened actually at 2cr when i was a regimental star major and just being an yeah <laughs> and just being a you know typical ranger you know um they were like you know some guys because i was doing these thursday kind of combatives nights uh with everybody um you know so we were we every thursday a bunch of us would get together and we'd just roll and we'd practice and you know spar and all this stuff and they were like you should really enter the tournament and i was like well okay you know but timing wise i don't know if i can necessarily do the whole tournament and so what i do i you know i challenge the entire regiment i was like hey who's man enough to or woman enough to fight me and meet me in the ring we'll do an expedition uh, expedition bout you know blah 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 and man, I'll tell you, they delivered. Um, <laughs> Zach uh, Morrow, you know, he is just monkey arms. He's all of like 260, 270 of just pure muscle. Um, and he's been training like jujitsu and wrestling since he was in diapers. And he just absolutely just kicked my ass. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. And what was amazing about it is, is like the beginning, you know, at the beginning, people were like, Oh man, you know, kick his ass for putting us on details, you know, putting the, you know, the regimental star major, putting us on details and making us work late. And I'm like, man, really, do you think I'm that guy doing that? Like, do you think I'm like hey, first platoon, you know, uh, you know, second squadron, you guys are going to go and work late tonight and clean up this area. Like you think that's me, but you know, so it was kind of fun at the beginning, but what was really amazing is, is in that arena that night, you know, in that auditorium that night, it just changed like the whole dynamic, you know, everybody's kind of talking crap at, at the beginning, but then as the fight went on and he got me really good and just opened up my eye and they super glued like my eye, like up like this, it was, it was funny as heck, but uh, you know, to, to kind of close the wound, you know, at the end, everybody was just like, man, here's a Sergeant major, you know, putting on a good show, you know, getting in, a, getting in a scrap with one of his sergeants, you know, cause it was Sergeant tomorrow at the time. And uh, the whole kind of dynamic changed. It was pretty amazing. So you have served um, that pre-GWAT, GWAT, now now post. We're going into the next phase of yeah. going back to, you know, peer-to-peer, um, -peer, um, threat, nation-state, nation-state. Tell me the question of toughness comes out, mm -hmm. right? So through, through your kind of lens of, of what you've seen, what is different about today's soldier versus what we saw in the late 90s or is there one i think there is a difference um one i think they're smarter um because there's just more information available you know what you remember you know when we came up you know it was what our team leaders told us our parents told us or what we could read in doctrine you know and that was really like the only way to kind of find information um so we tended to think in the box a lot more because you know, there wasn't a lot of other information, you know, out there to kind of borrow off of, um, you know, there was some stuff like I remember, you know, Dave Christensen, I don't know why this popped in my mind first on Dave Christensen. He, uh, he used to read this book called sell scouts and, you know, sell scouts was about the Rhodesian war, um, you know, over in Africa. And there was a lot of innovation things that, you know, happened during that time as they were combating, you know, the, the terrorists. But the point kind of being is, is there, there is a difference. Um, in the soldiers and we found ourselves, you know, 
pre-GY and then going into GY, having to innovate a lot. You know, and I've talked to General Votel, I've talked to General McChrystal and a lot of the other SAR majors and the innovation of, you know, 275 during that pre, I'm sorry, 75th as a whole, you know, during that GY phase was just unbelievable. But as we kind of take that and we go into the future, um, we have to remember that the basics still matter. You know, basic soldier skills are still incredibly, incredibly important because, you know, and I talk about this all the time, you know, with my current formation is, is before we talk out of the box, we got to understand what's in the box. Like you have to be a master of the, in the box before you talk out of the box, because at the end of the day, you know, the shoot, move communicator, whatever we're talking about, it has to be our fundamental that we always can fall back on. And then we can have the additional conversations. But I think as, as warfare moves forward, you know, and, and the, the world, you know, the landscape of the world changes, you know, we, we got to remember that, but also at the same time, we have to set up environments where failure is an option, especially in training, because that's the way we're going to find innovation, you know, innovation and uh, be able to kind of master it because soldier and ingenuity is amazing. Like it always will be, it always will be like, you know, what, what soldiers can innovate with, um, but we have to create environments where that's, uh, you know, that's exploited. I love it. I love it. And you, you had mentioned speaking to certain uh, people who reinforce that, a, a General Votel, a General McChrystal. And right right behind your right ear there yeah. um, is is the logo for the Legends of the 75th, which I just absolutely love showing kind of that World War II um, Ranger in the modern day Ranger. So podcasting has been something you've been doing for, for quite a while. Um, and, and what's interesting is, you know, you grow up, that, that quiet professional, you stay too quiet over time, becomes the silent professional. Uh -huh. And you were really one of the first Rangers, especially on active duty, that, that I know of on active duty to start podcasting. What, what was the impetus and the thought process behind that? And second part, if you could wrap this in, like, did you feel any angst in doing that? We good? Yep. So I don't know if we might have cut off. So the question was about um, the podcasting and how you kind of got started doing it, why you wanted to do that, and if you felt, felt any angst in, in, in getting started. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, and we've talked about this a few times, you know, on, on some of the episodes with some of my old friends, you know, I never thought I'd be a podcast host. And it was never, I was never intended to be, you know, but uh, actually right prior to COVID starting in Germany. Uh, we'd had this conversation about starting uh, a podcast for the unit, you know, talking about leader professional development, talking to people within that formation, you know, telling their stories, but, you know, something that could be in the digital realm that can continue to develop the force and also, you know, create unity, you know, because, you know, having a unit podcast and people are behind it, like, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of pride there. And, and then COVID hit. And we're like, well, now we have to do this because, you know, in Germany, outside of probably, you know, South Korea, we had the most strict lockdowns. You know, it was, it was, there was definitely about six months where my life existed within the same like four mile radius. I almost went nuts, you know. Um, but anyway, so we sat down with the PAO and some other leaders and we mapped out this, this podcast schedule. And then, you know, so we're talking about strategies and all this different stuff. And I'm like, hey, who's going to host this? And they all like looked at me like, well, you're going to host it. I'm like, 
are you kidding me? Like, why would I host a podcast? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, needless to say, I ended up doing it, you know, 26 episodes later, like having a ton of fun, learning a bunch of lessons, um, you know, interviewing all kinds of people across the formation over at Second Calvary Regiment, but then also other leaders, you know, we pulled in some other leaders outside and just had remarkable conversations. But more importantly, what I watched was that people just gravitated towards it, you know, because of the times, but then also just because of the nature of the conversations we were having. You know, and that kind of came to an end for me because I was leaving the formation. People asked, hey, are you going to start another one when you go to the next unit? Because we definitely want to follow it. And, uh, you know, somewhere in there, people were just like, hey, start your own. Well, started that podcast, you know, that's called Always in Pursuit. And we're still running that one. You know, that one is, you know, leadership based, you know, but we also talk about, you know, trauma, things that people have had to overcome in their life and how that's built success. But there started to emerge a theme. And that was every time I had a ranger on, People would be like sending me a litany of emails or, you know, text or something like that. Hey, have this ranger, have this ranger, have this ranger on. And I'm like, well, man, this is just going to turn into a ranger podcast if I do that, you know, and all I'm going to be doing is interviewing rangers. And that started the genesis behind this idea. And, you know, conversations with you, um, conversations with guys like Jericho Denman and a few others, they're like, man, there's, we want to hear these stories. You know, there's books, there's interviews, there is some stuff that captures Ranger history, but um, there's there's no one that's like doing it in 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 a wide array of kind of these legendary people around the same kind of premise. You know, where it's not necessarily we're not just you know BSing. We're like having a deliberate conversation about their time within the 75th, and you know, a lot of them, you know, the history that was made while they were in that formation, and. Uh, you know, we just want to tie people back into the network. And, you know, you right before the episode, you know, you and I were talking, you know, that you could say something that'll resonate with somebody. But also the other thing that we found is that when Rangers come on and they tell their story, other people will reach out and they'll be like, I was there with them. And it was really amazing for, to hear their perspective about it because my perspective is different. You know, you know, 50 Rangers enter, you know, a battlefield and there's going to be 50 different accounts of that situation, you know, and, uh, but, you know, just pulling people back into the fold, you know, like we do in the opening uh, to the legends of the 75th, you know, even if I ask you right now, when's the first time you heard the Ranger Creed? Do you remember? When I heard it? When you heard the first time you heard the Ranger Creed. Do you remember the first time? You know, the first time you hear it yeah. is in basic training when all the when all the people in basic training are trying to memorize it. Okay. All right. But yeah. the first time you hear it, it was after, um, I want to say, one of our first live fires. Because we would say the Ranger Creed whenever right. the 3rd Ranger Battalion was together at a unit. Mm-hmm. And if you ever had to question if you were more part of something bigger than yourself, yeah, that definitely answered that question. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and so when I, you know, I ask that question to people, you know, there's there's an emotion behind it, you know, and there's something they're gonna have an account similar to you that I was part of something. I felt this emotion, you know. Um, I remember the first time my oldest son he heard the Ranger Creed, you know, at two seven five at a change of command. And I remember he looked at his mom like right afterwards. And he's like, I want to be a ranger. And she was like, Oh no, like, Oh no, no, no. (laughs) Like, no, you're not going to be a ranger. You know, like, I don't want you to do the, you know, this kind of life. But my point being is, is that, you know, that is what we're trying to replicate. 
with the podcast is those feelings and those emotions and that that sense of that brotherhood sisterhood you know that you have during that time because as we talk you know about you know people losing touch or you know being separated and going to isolation and everything else um that's where they get in a bad way you know in a lot of different ways and we just you know, this is a mechanism for us to tie people back in and, and to also at the same time just capture these amazing, amazing stories from these amazing individuals. Can, can you give us a, a highlight in your mind of something that someone might have said that was kind of surprised to you, whether it be a leader who you wouldn't think felt an emotion or somebody on, on, on target um, say, actually, that didn't happen the way the books had it. Was Is there something that, as you were going through as a host, just resonated with you? It was like, oh, man, I had no idea. Yeah, there was there was definitely, you know, there's there's been quite a few. But the, the two that stand out in my mind the most is Sergeant Major Retired Hugh Roberts telling the story, the truth behind the tambourine. Um, you know, and we've all heard, you know, that we adopted the tambourine because of the deserts, you know, and the, the colors of Merrill's Marauders and all this different stuff. And he's like, no, that's not true at all. He's like, there was a funny YouTube video that one of my first sergeants showed me about this cook that was like, did these skits and he would wear a tambourine while I was doing them. I've never actually looked for him. So I got to actually look for him and see if I could find him so I could share him with everybody. And he's like, and we jokingly said, well, second battalion's recommendation is the tambourine and like sent a screenshot of that picture to who was a regimental CSM. And eventually, you know, they built the history and the, the meaning behind it, which is fine. I mean, the tambourine looks sharp and, but the, the history of it is definitely a little bit different. Um, but, you know, a motion that definitely surprised me a little bit was, uh, you know, General Crystal talking about, um, you know, him and, you know, Sergeant Major Hall down in, I, th I believe it was Panama. And, you know, a ranger just, you know, um, was shot, you know, on a live fire range. And the emotion that overcame him because he realized that ranger career was over, you know, that young fire team leader. And the reason it impacted him so much is he just, and, you know, this was, I think this was prior to GWAT. Yeah, this was definitely prior to GWAT was he realized the line between, you know, being a ranger and having a successful ranger career to your ranger career ending. That line was so thin and he just, it never, he never realized how thin it really actually was. And he, you know, and he, he definitely kind of showed a little bit of emotion as much as a uh, general crystal will, you know, in a podcast, but I was like, I was really kind of stricken by that, but you know, we've definitely had some moments where people have recounted, um, you know, some stories that were tough to, you know, tell. And we try not to push it too much. You know, I, I don't I don't want to put them in a bad position. Um, but the other side of that is the people that reach out afterwards and are just significantly impacted by those stories and just love hearing from these people, you know, because that's the thing that we constantly forget Um is how many people we've impacted throughout our career, good and bad. You know, there's people that absolutely just, you know, they spit after they say my name, you know, Mike Burke, you know, but there's also people that, you know, definitely, you know, look up to me and, you know, um, I helped them, you know, at some point in their career do something, you know, or told them what they needed to hear or put them in a good situation. And the point being is, is they're still following you in some way, especially with, you know, the advent of, you know, social media, they, you know, they're following you in some way. And when they can see you come on a podcast and talk about your time and reflect on your life, like that means a lot to them, you know, and they want to hear that and they want to know what you're doing now too. No, well, I love that. Mike, we talked earlier is 
really the value in what you're doing is connection, right? We're, we're meant mm -hmm. to be a connected, a community of people. And it is very hard for us. Usually what I see in transition is folks either take off the uniform and say, mm -hmm. okay, that was then. Okay. Now I'm going to have my second life. And then there are people who actually still want to do that and struggle with the idea of like, how do I keep this ranger identity, but translate it into what I do in the civilian world. So through through talking with some of the legends, what what do you, what do you think there and, and you're kind of like, how do you keep the identity from the special operations unit, from something that most of the world thinks is a park ranger, from something that you have to constantly describe for someone really to understand, like how do you, how do you keep, keep it with you? For you, you're doing the podcast. This is great. You can do it forever, right? Um, but what do you suggest to, to someone else to stay connected to the network? Well, I mean, there's, there's amazing, you know, foundations out there, you know, um, you know, you got Ranger for life, you know, that I know you're very intimately familiar with, you know, you got three Rangers foundation that's doing all kinds of stuff. You know, they got the Mogadishu mile coming up. Um, and I'll, I want to come back to that one in a second. Um, you know, uh, chaplain Jeff Struger is doing all kinds of different things. Um, you know, you got to, you know, lead the way uh foundation you know there's other there's other podcasts out there too like uh yuma barnett is running you know leading with vulnerability where he's talking about a lot of different things um you know as far as leadership goes and you know catching people you know talking about their most vulnerable times and stuff which is pretty amazing um and, and pretty avant-garde if you ask me um you know especially when you try to get rangers to talk about that kind of stuff it, it, it's pretty amazing um you know but then there's also and, and we need to get a better, you know, we need to do a better job of this as far as legends is, is one, tying in all the partners, you know, tying into all those rangers, you know, that you're doing. You know, I was reviewing one of your podcasts where you're talking to a, a young ranger that, you know, is leading a chartering business. But, you know, promoting those businesses so that people can connect with them and utilize the resources, but also support rangers, you know. Um, but then also... So that they can find out where people are. You know, I was just talking to um, Kevin Nelson um, in contact with a guy named uh, our first sergeant named Durkin, you know, and they're doing and I just saw actually not too long ago, uh, one Bravo uh, 275 just uh, did a reunion. There's a lot of these platoons and companies that are doing these different kind of reunions all over the globe. And as much as we think that the information's out there, it's really not. Um, you know, because there's so much information out there that it can get lost in the weeds, you know, on social media and stuff like that. But if you can tie into individuals, then you're more likely to actually find out about some of this stuff is, but you know, your Ranger career is probably, you know, when I talk about it for me, it is a defining moment in my life, making that decision to go to Ranger Regiment, being successful, um, you know, and the individuals that just bestowed on me this, you know, just tons you know they they really invested in me just more than i can ever properly articulate sorry i stole my words because it's really hard to describe you know and the person i become is because of that however going forward yes i will always be a ranger yes it will be an important part of my mind or my life but there's things that i need to do differently going forward to be successful you know and rick merritt you know, and I know you, you know, everybody loves some Star Major Rick Merritt, but he talks about it in his episode, like continue to lead the way, but remove some of the armor and don't be so abrasive in how you do it. You know, like 
how you and I can talk, you know, and, and you've kind of, you've, you know, you've put me to the mat a couple different times asking me about what's next, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm kind of thinking about this. You're like, that's dumb. Like, why would you think about doing that? Like, come on, man, you're better than that. I'm like, geez, okay, Tony, come on. Like, you know, but anyway, my point being is, is like realizing that, hey, the principles that you have and, you know, leading by example and, and being somebody that's motivated and wants to pursue things is fine, but how, what are you trying to accomplish in the civilian world and how are you going to do it and how are you going to accomplish that might actually require for you to take a slice of humble pie and realize you don't have all the answers and you need to rely on other people to help you. And the Ranger community is that same way. You will be surprised. Um, you know, and I talk to Rangers a lot about this is, is, you know, they will, they will get in a bad way, um, because of some of the things that they've been through in their life. And when they start talking to people about it, they finally extend that, you know, their hand out and ask for help. They will realize, oh yeah, yep, totally struggling through the same thing. Yep, I'm like through it, I'm working through it, or I'm on the backside of it, and here's what I've learned from it. And but the the shock that comes over their faces is they realize, wow, I thought I was literally the only one that was struggling with this. No, we're all struggling with this. Like the things that we did and the things that we went through, they're not normal. <laughs> they're not normal. And, you know, so, you know, we can't expect that our response is just going to be perfectly normal. We're going to have, we're going to have struggles, you know, and we're going to have to go through some things. But again, if you isolate yourself, you're not tied into the Ranger community with these people that know this stuff and went through this stuff with you, then you're going to exist on an island. And of course you're going to struggle with it. I, I love that, Mike. And, you know, when, when we try to help folks in transition, one of those big pieces is this is going to be with you for the rest of your life. Uh -huh. You get to choose how to use it, but ignoring it is probably not the best way to go. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just absolutely, it should be foundational. It's some, it's something to be proud of. It, it's funny. So, you know, I, I went to Ohio state and Clemson, so you can guess between Ranger, Ohio state and Clemson, you know, like it's not hard for me to find a red polo to wear. To one of these, things. you know what I mean, like, or a scarlet, right? Like, yeah, not not necessarily uh, difficult. And I think you had mentioned before, why does a ranger join? Because they're running to or running from. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When they leave, when they leave the military, especially, I would say maybe our, our younger population, mm. they're running back or they're running from still. Yeah. Right. And, and there's there's going to be some issues there. So. You've had some great people on the podcast. Who's next? Who do you got in the queue coming up for, for Legends? And where's the best way uh, to view Legends or, or listen, download? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we've got some, man, we've got some really good guests. So um, nice we're, teaser. We're, That's a great no, teaser. No, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll drop some names. Um, so Eddie Nolan, uh, Star Major retired. Eddie oh, Nolan. goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah, I can't wait for him. Uh, we have scheduled Colonel Puckett. Um, we have it Wonderful. scheduled. Yes. So uh, we will see if the date, date ends up working, um, you know, because, you know, he's definitely, you know, getting up there in years, but um, we're pretty confident that he's going to be good to go. So I'm really excited for that one. Uh, the next episode that I'll actually release is with Sergeant Major, or I'm sorry, Master Sergeant Retired Kevin Nelson. Um, we're working with obviously uh, retired uh, Brigadier General LaGrange uh, as well. Um, and if I can ever get him, 
to actually agree to it, uh, Star Major retired Bernie Foligno. Um, so I, you know, he's a, he's a tough one. You know, he's honorary, but uh, hopefully we can get him down. So those those are a few. And then as far as finding legends, so you know, now I've ran two podcasts, but man, there is lessons to be learned every single time. And so we did it exclusive based for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, where you got to pay to listen to the full episodes. Um, which is part of, you know, what we're trying to do with the overall Legends brand. Um, you know, we wanted to create a pool of, of, of money, you know, from the donations and then from the exclusive members where we can give back to the Ranger community. Um, you know, we've contributed now to the Mogadishu Mile. Um, we made a donation to them to uh, Three Rangers Foundation. But then also the other thing is, is we're, we're starting to, um, you know, have the funds. So um, soldiers that want, or I'm sorry, rangers that want to come out to some of these reunions that we've been talking about, and they just don't have the money, they're struggling to be able to pay for the travel or the resources to get out there. We're going to help, you know, try to kind of fund them uh, to be able to get out there. Um, so, but it is a little bit difficult to find if you, if you search for it. Um, you can just type in Legend of the 75th. It'll probably take you to one of the social media pages, and then you can find the link in there. Um, or you can just find me on any social media platform and you're going to find the link all over my stuff. So, um, but we do have a LinkedIn page. Actually, the LinkedIn page is probably our most active page. Uh, Legend of the 75th is, is, is screaming on that one, but uh, also on Facebook as well. And then, uh, you know, I'm obviously on, on Twitter and uh, Instagram also. Yeah, and your Instagram handle is is down there under your under your yep. name at Mike underscore um, s dot underscore Burke. So make sure if you didn't get that, watch the episode, uh, copy and paste if you can. And you know what's amazing about LinkedIn? That so much fun. Um, yep. And LinkedIn more more of a professional networking site than just social media is just to read the comments of talk about feeling reconnected to folks. Yeah. And I, I know that when you read those comments, it has to be a level of not justification, but definitely satisfaction. And just knowing that you're doing, you're hitting the mark with what you set out to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every, every single time and every ranger that reaches out to me, I mean, it's just, and I'm having so much fun. I mean, these these people that I'm sitting down with, they're my heroes. I mean, they they are, you know. I mean, you, you know, Master Nelson, he's a peer of mine. But man, that guy, like I look up to him and he helped me so much, especially when I had my little break in Ranger Service there and came back, like he got me up to speed, you know. So a lot of these people, you know, um and I've I will tell you, you know, just one thing, you know, one last thing is is I'm blown away as soon as, you know, like General McChrystal, General Motel, like if, you know, Mike Burke reached out to him, you know, would they respond? I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not really that big of a deal. But when I say, hey, I want to have you on this podcast where you talk about the time within the legend of the 75th, man, the email, it comes back like quick as heck, you know, so it's just a testament to the organization as a whole and what it meant to them. And Mike, if I could just expound on that for any ranger listening who thought I was just a ranger, I just did my job. If you gave your best and you serve mm -hmm. honorably, I would be shocked to find a ranger who doesn't get back to you right away. I Absolutely. mean, unless there is something very busy with work or family. I mean, you, you, the value that that, that you have as an individual in the ranger community, yeah. um, it, it, it's a big deal. We honor service. We, I think the older we get, we realize, can you look back now and realize 
Like, how did you not get hurt? How did you not get injured? How how did that seven six two not find you? Yeah, right. Absolutely amazing, Mike. I thank you so much for coming on. Um, best of luck to you as you you complete kind of like your swan song here um, in, in the military at a beautiful uh, Fort Benning. And we'll we'll keep a lookout for upcoming legends of the seventy fifth. You're welcome back anytime, brother. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Tony. We hope you enjoyed a morally podcast with our guest, Mike Burke. You can view or listen to past episodes of a morally podcast at tonymain.podbean.com. A morally podcast is recorded at the Ranger Outreach Center, The Rock, in uptown Columbus, Georgia, the heart of the Ranger community in the heart of the Ranger community. If you like what you hear, consider supporting more elite podcasts with a gift to the Ranger Outreach Center at give.gallantfew.org backslash the rock. And we are thankful to be partnered with Three Nails Clothing, a premium Christian activewear brand committed to helping you pursue your passion. Proceeds from the sale of Three Nails benefits Agape International Missions, fight against human and sex trafficking. And with the code Ranger at checkout, you can save an additional 10% while supporting our mission to provide America's veterans hope and purpose at The Rock. Until next time, set the example for others to follow by leaving it better than you found it.